think I nailed the garbage move out. Oh yeah. I was like, Oh, I heard, you know, you hear it. Yeah. And luckily what's nice about our street is like, it's always the other side. There's yes. al- their side always comes first. You see the truck so you're like, and you're like, fuck, I forgot to put the cans out or nobody put the mm-hmm. cans out. And then I think I did it. And I'm pretty sure right after maybe another, our side came. That's huge. That's good news. Um, or it'll come like a couple hours later. I like I like how we have time. It's awesome. We it's, get a warning shot. It's so cool that we get a warning shot, yeah. Not a lot of trash this week. I just want to say, I don't know. I don't want to, you know. What do you think that's all about? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm maybe just, our neighbors are uh, out of town or something. Maybe, or people just are uh, not. Or what you're accusing me of not... Uh, creating enough trash. That's what. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Not just you, <laughs> but also everybody else in our uh, building. You know, not a lot of trash creation. I just want to make sure everybody's consuming maybe, enough. And maybe you're still uh, high on the Christmas trash. That was uh, a rush. Yeah, and there was also a week where I like threw out a lot of our old like condiments and stuff, yep. and just stuff from the pantry. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I'm kind of just thinking every week should be like that. No. It's the new year. Less trash, less waste. Yeah. All right. This is getting posted. I wonder if we should compost. I don't even know. I mean, I've heard of such a thing, but I don't even know what that means. (laughs) I think we need worms. I'll go talk to my worm guy. (laughs) I got a good worm guy. You got a worm guy? I got a worm guy. Yeah. That makes sense. When you reach, uh, uh, when you become of age, <laughs> when you get 32, you, 32. Get a, you get a worm guy. You get a worm guy. You know, my dad had a worm guy. His yeah. dad had a worm guy. Yeah. <laughs> I bet my brother's got a worm guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Every good liberal needs a worm guy. <laughs> <laughs> Every progressive needs a worm guy. All right. Every good liberal shares uh, a reel. <laughs> Posting a reel. You got to be sharing reels. I'm not going to collaborate with this until after either. Yeah. So we'll see how Perfect Politics uh, handles this. Yeah. Let the let's let our let's let the Instagram account do the work for once. Yeah. Instead of us, you know. I that, will. I will post it as a story. That's good. Yeah. No, that's smart. <clears throat> Wait a minute. Yeah. 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 People don't understand how hard we work. This is this is what I'm saying. Like I edit the video, but like think about if I had to edit it and also do this part. This part sucks. It sucks. I shouldn't have even make you made you watch it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's nice. It's nice to see (laughs) your end of the. You don't make me watch you edit. Well, no, that's true. But one day we should. We'll have a day where I shadow you and you shadow me. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like the Toyota production line where every uh, every person should know what every other person's doing. Yeah. You know, I assume that's Mm -hmm. how it works. All right. Well, now that the reel is posted, welcome to Perfect Politics. How's it going? I'm pretty good. Good. Um, You know, things are okay. I'm settling into the new year. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm also settling into the new year. I'm feeling good. I, I drank more caffeine this morning than I have okay. maybe all year. Whoa. Drink some tea. Yep. Black tea. Mm-hmm. And then you made coffee. And I was like, mm-hmm. that smells good. I'm going to drink some coffee. Yeah. And now I feel insane. Okay. But that's going to be good for the podcast, I think. Yeah. 
an unhinged episode is maybe about to come out. I drink so much caffeine that I had a cup of tea that you made and I was like, all right, now it's time to make some coffee. Enough for some real, and some then, real caffeine. And then I made more tea. You did? The, this guava tea. I don't know if there's caffeine in this. No, I don't think so. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Because I, I'll just chain drink caffeine drinks all day. This is a, this is guava tea that I got from an Asian supermarket. Okay. And I love guava. So I was kind of a, I'm mm-hmm. a kind of a sucker for anything that's like fruit related. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like this tea, but you said it's good. Yeah, it's fine. I wouldn't call it guava. No, I'd call it flavored water. Yeah. But not sweet. It just tasted like dirt to me. I don't know what it tastes like to I'm you. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the dirt flavor. As long as it's something. Yeah. That's how bad water is, where Give you me, can just add dirt to it, and you're like, yeah, that's something. I'll have a beer that tastes like wood and dirt. That's fine. That's true. Yeah. All that stuff is good to me. People don't drink beer. It's weird when you're a kid, and you, you like all the good flavors, and mm-hmm. then you get older, and then uh, you know you, you start drinking beer, and then cider came out, and we were like, ooh, that's supposed to, that's like soda. That's like what I would have liked to drink as a kid. And then stouts come out, like milk mm-hmm. stouts, and it's like, that's like chocolate milk. But it's, yep. as an adult, you don't like those. You no. don't want to drink those for some reason. Mm-mm. I don't know why. Too we're, sweet. We're addicted to the pain of... Too festive. It's too festive. Yeah. Yeah, we don't feel like we don't deserve it. <laughs> as, as an adult, you have so many regrets in your life. And You go to a bar and you you order like a milk stout and, <laughs> and it comes out in a, in a bullshit cup that you didn't even know the bar had. It's a crazy color. The <laughs> you bartender like, gives it to you like you're a child. Yeah. Puts you, whipped cream on top. It's whipped cream on top. You drink it and you have a big milk mustache and you're, and you're like, time to hit on women. <laughs> With <laughs> She's drinking like a vodka tonic yeah. and, and you come up with your chalice. Yeah, with your chalice of milk <laughs> spilling everywhere. She's like, oh, nice... Um, Nice stout, nice triple chocolate stout. And you're like, yeah, my mom says I can only have a few of these, but tonight I'm going to have four. (laughs) You're drunk. This is, this is what being an adult man is. Yeah. So none of that. Um, I, uh, have a new development. I got new glasses. Okay. I saw those. They look good. Yeah. Thanks. I decided not to wear them today, but, um, I, uh, I, they were the correct prescription. I had glasses that were the wrong prescription for like seven years. Okay. Did you know? Kind of. Like I knew that they were the wrong one, but I was like, I just won't wear them that much. Okay. And now I have these new ones that are the correct prescription and it's crazy how much I was missing. (laughs) You don't realize it when you're like, when you have the wrong prescription, you're like, this is fine. I see enough. um, Yeah. I see enough and everything looks so crisp now when I wear my glasses (laughs) Uh, I was like, wow, I've been missing a lot of corners and edges of things yeah. for a long time. Like my friends are all way uglier than I thought they were. <laughs> I'm, I'm a 10. <laughs> I don't know why I had such a low self-esteem all these years. Um, but, but it's nice to be able to like see clearly for the first time. Hey, congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. My, my glasses do make their uh, gold rimmed and they have little mm-hmm. corn they look like oct- octagonal and uh, they do make me look like a, a toy maker from the 1930s but um yeah a little bit but you know that's a that's something i'll show people on the podcast for another day sure and that's a small price to pay for vision yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> i also have an update okay on my starbucks boycott oh yeah how's it going it's good i'm staying strong haven't good. gone to starbucks nice um but here's a new development I'm a coffee bean guy now. 
Oh, okay. When you, you when you you know, it's like in the evening and there's all the cool coffee shops are closed and you're like, I gotta go somewhere, I wanna go right or something. Yeah. Starbucks is there's like five star you're surrounded, you know? It's like a military just like you're just surrounded on all sides by Starbucks and you're like, I gotta find somewhere else. So I went to Coffee Bean because mm-hmm. it's open late. And, um, it's, it's like an alternate universe, you know, I got to see what my life would be like yeah. almost if I had been a coffee bean guy my yeah. whole life. They're, uh, they remind me of a Starbucks who is a little bit less into themselves. Yeah, pretty much. The um, layout is pretty similar. It's pretty similar. The offering is pretty similar. Honestly, their politics are probably exactly the same. I doubt that coffee bean is uh, pro-Palestine. No, probably not. How could you be? But they're not in trouble <laughs> right now, so I go there. <laughs> People aren't going to criticize me if I go there, so that's where I go. Yeah, I mean, um, I like it. They're more toned down. They're like, look, we're not. Yeah. We don't wear all the merch. Listen, it's about coffee bean and tea. It's about coffee beans and tea here. You know, it's not, they don't, I don't even know if they celebrate Christmas. They're just like, no, yeah, they don't feel like they're celebrating anything. They don't celebrate themselves. No, they don't celebrate holidays. <laughs> My barista was, um, a very interesting looking, I had never seen anybody. It was like an older woman, maybe an immigrant. Cause she had like an accent. She was white. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had really long white dreads. Okay. And she was very nice, sure. but I had never seen anybody who looks like that. Yeah. Um, and then there was a man, an unhoused man in the corner, and he got in trouble because he was drinking vodka out of a plastic bottle. Sure. Um, but the guy was nice to him. He was like, just, you gotta, come on, man. I told you to put a cap on that. You can still stay here, but, yeah. but don't drink that. <laughs> put a cap on there. The and problem, the guy was the like, problem whoa, is whoa. that you didn't get it from coffee bean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hide your outside beverages. Yeah, that's that's always the problem. It's like, you can drink alcohol, okay? But just, you know. Yeah, sleep here. I don't give a shit. Yeah, sleep here. I don't <laughs> It's coffee bean. All right. Well, I'm glad that you found a good, do they have egg bites? No. Well, but that's okay. You know, I yeah. can, I can live without egg bites. Yeah. Um, I'm the, I'm just, I just need a place to like sit, you know? Yeah. So um, speaking of that, should we bring up that Eno Vino is closed? Yeah. That's a big development of the new year. Yeah. Um, it's where you formerly had an open mic and I had an open mic, mm-hmm. uh, a big place for the for the the alt comedy scene on the east side yeah they had a lot of mics and shows and we would just hang out there they were cool to us like um comedians from a from a bartender standpoint comedians aren't that bad actually right in our mind we're like very annoying people to hang out with Mm -hmm. but we're pretty chill and we don't uh, drink too much and get crazy so bartenders do like open mics but they don't make the bar money no so it is. It was cool of them to just let comedians just hang out there and yeah. put on shows in this extra back room that they had. Yeah, that they had happened to have a sound system set up. Mm-hmm. Um, some interesting things about the history of that place. It used to be a recording studio. That's right. Uh, the Black Eyed Peas recorded there. That's yeah. what I've heard at least. Yeah, they were recorded. Let's get retarded. Let's get retarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're allowed to say that because that was the version of the song they absolutely did record. There. Right. And they had no idea that down the road, no. open mics would happen there. No. And people would say the R word every day. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> For years. Yeah. They're like, we had to change our song. <laughs> I had a joke about let's uh, about that song where yeah. that was the original version of the song. 
And then, you know, record producers are probably like, hey, uh, it's not very radio friendly. Could we like change it to something? And they're like, I, I, they're like, I guess we could do let's get it started. And the producer's like, yes, that's why didn't you just make it like that from the beginning? That's that just rolls off the tongue way better. It does sound like the first idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know why they even had an explicit version. It is one of the few like radio edits like, oh, this is way better. This is better. Why? <laughs> just don't say that word, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the bar is closed. Like you said, um, the open mic scene is not a lucrative scene. We don't make money. So where open mics happen outside of the clubs is at failing bars. Yeah. We exist best on ships that are slowly sinking and then eventually they sink and we have to move on. It's, it's true. Uh, open my comedy is generally like a last resort for yeah. uh, business. We are allowed to hang out at failing bars. Yeah. And so when they fail, no one's allowed to be surprised. Not really. Yeah. You're everyone kind of, at least for the comedian side, we know, you know, we're like, oh, okay, well. It was nice to be a rat on the ship. Exactly. Before it fell. We spend the most time there out of anybody. We know more than anybody else that they're not they're making not doing enough money. Well. Yeah. <laughs> they're not making enough money. Yeah. I'm not buying anything. <laughs> so we had a good run, but now we need to find another sinking ship. Yeah. I think I think maybe this could be an opportunity for me to change the way that I look at things and maybe try to help a business for once. Sure. Yeah. Um, and listen, I do think that like you know, when you run an open mic at a place, you are helping it because you are still bringing people right. to spend money there that mm -hmm. wouldn't otherwise. But, you know, it's like, what, they're making 70 bucks or something, mm -hmm. which is, I don't know. It's just not enough. It's not enough if you think about the clientele that we repel away. Yeah. yeah. Just by our presence. Right. <laughs> just by riffing. Comedians <laughs> riffing. Being loud and hanging out. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, uh, I just realized I don't want to drink wine here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's talking about um wanting to kill himself and everybody seems to think it's funny <clears throat> not really my sense of humor um but yeah well i think some some other stuff will pop up right i think it'll be good for us i think it'll be good for us to get out into the world yeah see what's going on i want to see the world man I yeah wanna, i want to find other wine bars <laughs> that are failing and help you know help them on their way down yeah i uh I had a, I had a question for you. I'm going to go, I have plans for the weekend. Okay. I'm going to go to the farmer's market. Which one? I don't know. Oh, okay. So maybe first question is if you have a recommendation on which one I should go to. Okay. Um, and then second tip is like stuff to buy. I, I, yeah. I've only like you, I've only gone to the farmer's market to work. Yeah. But it's only been a few times. I'm not like an expert. Okay. Um, we're talking Saturday, Sunday, either one, either one. Okay. I have two recommendations for Sunday. Okay. And they, they have different offerings. Sweet. So you could go to Hollywood on Sunday and be a part of the biggest hot person fair in town. Okay. And uh, it sucks. Everything's great there. There's a lot of stuff. You could, you the, know. The you products can, are good. You can buy produce that is accurately priced and you can buy cooked food that's expensive. And you could buy packaged food that's very expensive. <laughs> um, I'll give you a loaf of bread. Uh, <laughs> can that'd, you be me, that'd be crazy. Can you like give me a loaf of bread that I could trade for other stuff? 
<laughs> and they're like, do you work for, do you work for the bakery? I'm like, no, no, no. I just, you I could, I mean, cause we, there's trading that goes on at a farmer's market Yeah, and, uh, you could walk up to a stand that we've never walked up to before and be like, Hey, like I, I work at or, uh, would you like to trade? And they'd be like, no, maybe. Probably not. <laughs> How about I do this? How about I go to Ralph's? Okay. I go get a bunch of veggies from there. Okay. Find the cheapest stuff I can find. Then I go to the the produce stands. I'm like, hey, I got a um, uh, I got some broccoli from uh, Johnson and Sons yeah. uh, farm in Santa Barbara. Uh-huh. It's really good. Can I trade you guys for something? <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> it's clearly in a Ralph's bag still. <laughs> They'll call security on you. Yeah. Uh, I'd like some of that twenty dollar honey. Is that possible? <laughs> Yeah, so you could go there. You could experience the mecca of people trying to look like something. Oof, okay. You got to get dressed up. I know. You got to have a weird attitude. Okay. You got to stand in a long line behind a guy who was on a TV show. Knowing me, I'll dress up wrong. I'll just wear a suit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I know myself. I'll I'll mess it up. Or, this is what I would suggest, you go to the Atwater Farmer's Market. Okay, yeah, that's easier for me, actually. That's easier. It's a little bit more low-key. Still fancy. Yeah. You'll still see people attempting to be hot. There will still be a pupusa that's more expensive than normal. Mm-hmm. Next to more than the pupusa restaurant that's a block down. Because <laughs> there is a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you, if you target produce, and uh, it'll be cheaper than a grocery store. For sure. Okay. I'm going to yeah. do that one then. Okay. I do need honey. Do you okay. know that place? I mean, it's going to be $75 honey. I can't do that, but we'll see. I'll <laughs> Maybe I'll save up. I'll work. I'll get a second job. Yeah. get And then you can buy an artisanal bar of soap. Yeah. In May. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be dirty until May. And then you dirty. buy the artisanal soap and you're like, damn, this doesn't work. This doesn't even work. I smell terrible. <laughs> There's a stick of rosemary in here. Yeah. It turns out I don't like lavender. <laughs> That would be the farmer's market I would go to. You could have a good time and um, you'll get good stuff. Okay. I'm going to do that then. Sounds good. That's great. <clears throat> should we talk about uh, the movie we watched? We should. We went to poor things separately. Yeah. You went with your girlfriend. Yeah. And that's probably how you should go. Okay. I went alone at two in the afternoon. Yeah. Single man. <laughs> <laughs> two o'clock what day i went on wednesday <laughs> right and people looked at me and they're like i was like i'm here for a podcast actually it's actually normal that it's i'm here not lame that i'm here by myself in the middle of a weekday yeah i'm a normal <laughs> man here who has a ro- i have to watch this for a podcast <laughs> i have to you you're leaning over to everybody <laughs> i have to watch this. that's not what i said to the person sitting next to me what was the demographic was it a lot of couples was it um it was hard to tell i mean there were some people in my demographic i went to the los Feliz theater good theater to go to um is that the los Feliz three yes okay cool yeah it's in a good part of town and um yeah there were there were people in my demographic alone who were like ah I'm a film nerd. I got to see this movie. Gotcha. Even if you don't have a podcast, I think people feel obligated to see certain movies. Yeah, and this definitely. is this is one of them. Um, there were some old couples. There were some, you know, it was relatively full. It's a small theater. Um, I don't know what everyone else thought of it. I, I thought it was weird. You thought it was weird. I thought it was weird. <laughs> um, I thought it was weird too. Yeah, uh, but I did like it. Okay. Um. I'll let you go first. What, what were some thoughts about the movie? Yeah, I, I think it's crazy that they made an entire movie just to make me feel weird. 
<laughs> as a man or just as a person? As a person. I uh, went into it thinking that this was going to be about women. Yeah. Maybe I was going to learn something about women. Yeah. And look, I like women. But you do. They took this too far. They took it too far for you. They took this too far. Mm-hmm. I also like steampunk. <laughs> I think steampunk is fun. Mm-hmm. It's like a n- nice alternative, uh, not dystopian, but weird universe. Yeah. Didn't work for me. Okay. Well, I, that's something new about you that I didn't know. I didn't know you like steampunk. I'm okay with it. And I wouldn't have pinned you as a somebody. That I, that seems like something that you would find annoying. No, no, I'm okay with Sweet. it. Yeah, I, I like uh, the concept. Cool. I think it is a fun alternative universe. Me too. I like it too. Um, but it was too weird for me to have any uh, revelations or takeaways about the modern human experience. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Thought That's the acting was fine. Yeah. Uh, everyone did their best. I like all the actors. Me too. They made me feel bad. How did you feel about the story overall? Uh, I just, you know, creeped out. Creeped out? Yeah. What was creepy about it to you? So Willem Dafoe is a surgeon, but the surgery that he is performing is like taking a pig's head and putting it on a chicken. Yeah. And so around his mansion, his steampunk mansion, is just a bunch of animals that are wrong. And he's wrong, obviously. He's got a weird face, and he's got this, like, machine that he, like, plugs into himself when he eats. He burps a bubble throughout the movie. He can't create stomach acid because his father used to perform experiments on him to see if he could digest food without stomach acid or something. Right, multiple times throughout the movie. He's just like, and my father tortured me in a way that is beyond human comprehension. Right. And then everyone's like, oh shit, Ooh, that's boy. fucked up. Uh-huh. You didn't like the bubble when he like when he burps the bubble? Didn't like the bubble. I thought that was funny. <laughs> this was supposed to be a funny movie. I think that a lot of the moments that made me go like, no, were supposed to be like, oh, that's cute and fun and something else. Gotcha. Can you can you think of a moment that was like that other than the bubble that made you feel that way? Um, all of the the surgeries that are against God, all oh. of all of the animals. And look, I'm not a believer in God, but you can't put a pig's head on a chicken. Yes, not in not in my America. <laughs> so it sounds like it sounds like the things that you had the most trouble with in the movie were almost the the gross science parts. Yeah. Than anything. Yeah. That makes you a very progressive person, I feel like, because okay. I, uh, you know, this is my hot take on the movie. I think it's like a metaphor for being a woman. Uh-huh. I mean, I might be way <laughs> off base. I might be crazy yeah. off base yeah. about this movie. Yeah. But I think it's like a metaphor for being a woman. Yeah. Um, so the fact that that's the thing that you were upset by, I think, shows that you're a, probably a normal human man. Yeah, I, I think the overarching <laughs> metaphor and lessons that you learned for the movie, I think, were disqualified for me because I was like, this is gross. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, so I I would say that it's basically like he's Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah. And it's basically almost a parody of Frankenstein mm-hmm. where it's like, what if the monster was a woman? Yeah. And what would, what would her life be like if she had to start with a baby's brain and mm-hmm. then grow into a normal woman? Right. Um, like what I'll say is I... I like the movie overall because I like the feeling of it and I 
think they hit on a kind of specific tone. So whether mm-hmm. you like that or not, at least they kind of honed yes. into what they wanted to do instead of trying to do a billion different things. Uh, sometimes I don't like the Willy Wonka, Tim Burton uh, types of worlds where everything's purple and mm-hmm. round and it's kind of childlike, but it's a little gothic. Like sometimes I really don't like that, but I, I liked it in this movie. I thought it was cool. Um, and I like kind of the those types of movies where they, you, the character takes a journey and you get they get to go into the world and it's like a weird world kind yeah. of thing. It's kind of like almost like Forrest Gump. You yes. Know, where it's like, and then I went to Vietnam and then she's like, and then I went on a cruise ship or whatever. Right. Yes. I think this is like, if this is like Forrest Gump, if he became a sex worker, basically. Yeah. Um, or if that was part of his journey. Um, and I also like the, the overall kind of message of the story. I like that it's about a woman who's being controlled by every dude in her life. And Mm -hmm. then I liked how at the ending she takes control and she gets to figure out her own, uh, like autonomy. Yeah. But the way that they tell it sometimes is a little annoying for me just because I don't know, I have specific tastes when it comes to what I think is funny. And sometimes these types of movies where have you ever seen Encino man with Brendan Fraser? No. Okay. But you've seen movies basically where uh, uh, there's like a monster and they're like, we're going to teach you how to be human. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, what is, uh, what is cookie? And then it's like cookie is vagina. It's like a lot of jokes like that. Yeah. Uh, she had a specific joke where she's like learning to masturbate. Yeah. And then she says, she just says it in a way that I think is kind of annoying where she's like, I've found way to feel good anytime. And I'm like, Ugh, like I just, I've heard that type of joke so many times sure. that it bothers me. Yeah. And then I also was sitting in the theater next to a bunch of people who were laughing at everything. That's brutal. Isn't that annoying when you're at yeah. a, when you're in a theater and people are just laughing at stuff that's like not that funny. It reminds me of everything, uh, everywhere all at once yeah it's a movie that relies on its like humor yeah and if you don't believe in the humor that they're giving you yeah then it kind of like ruins the movie because you don't get the the comedic breaks that are required i know so like this was a movie poor things was supposed to be funny to me at times and like relieve me from all of my discomfort but i was like that's not funny though so now i'm just like still sitting here me and too. that pig's head is still on a chicken <laughs> I did. I will. I'll say like I didn't mind the pig's head on the chicken. <laughs> yeah. Like that stuff didn't <laughs> just didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. Um, I, did, I was like, "What are we doing here?" Yeah, <laughs> I I think it made me realize I'm a little bit more sexist than I am because like I enjoy the movie, but mm-hmm. there's there's parts where everybody's laughing. I'm like, "This is she's a whore. That's not. This is wrong. She's not supposed to like." But that's the whole point of the right, movie. Right. Is that um, that's the comedy of it. Yeah. But I think the way you explained it is right. I think I would have enjoyed it more if those those comedic moments had actually been interesting and like yeah. done. There's there's a few jokes where like I definitely laughed out loud. I liked uh, when Mark Ruffalo is kind of demoralized at a certain point, yeah, and he's just like sitting with the umbrella over his head <laughs> yeah. when they land in Paris, like uh-huh. stuff like that is very funny. That was funny, um, and I laughed out loud. And there's a, at least a few other moments like that where I mm-hmm. thought were funny. The but movie it got good for me towards the end. Me too, because yeah. so Emma Stone has a baby's brain at the beginning, yeah, and so the first hour I don't like. 
Because the baby's brain is too baby-like for me. Me too, and yeah. then But she does develop. And so, like, once it gets further along, she gets smarter every scene. So once it gets there, I'm like, oh, this is a human being d- at going through the world. But before she, like, hits this critical threshold, she's too childlike in a way that makes me uncomfortable. Me too, yeah. I just don't think that type that's not funny to me, like, when a character acts like that. I get the comedy of it. It's like... Yeah. Uh, you know, like, oh, you're a baby and you're learning how to be a person. And I get the metaphor of it, but it's a little too straightforward for me. There's a moment where um, she's talking about dating Mark, Mark Ruffalo's character and she's like, I'm going to date so like this guy and he will be very exciting, but I'm sure I will get bored of him eventually. It's like, and I don't know, every a lot of people laughed in the movie because I think especially a lot of maybe women they see that and they're like, oh, that's a metaphor for like, I've dated a guy like that. Sure. And afterwards I realized yes. that that was exciting, but it wasn't substantial. Sure. So I get the message of it, but I don't like when they tell you like at the beginning of the movie or in the before the scene happens, it's just a little too um, obvious. A little on the nose. A little on the nose. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. And I had, there's a few moments like that where it was like a little too on the nose where it's like, and it, it's a lesson. You're learning a lesson. Sure. Right now. Lessons are learned. Um, but to go back to the ending of the movie, I really liked it for the same reason is that she's like a fully formed person. And, and instead of saying how she's feeling where she's like, and I feel sad now or whatever, yeah. I'm horny and I would like to have sex instead of that. It's, you get to see how good of a actress, yeah. uh, Emma Stone is mm-hmm. and you get to see it in her face when she's upset about stuff versus just the dialogue saying it. Yeah. And then I think the finding out who her husband was at the end and how he's like a truly evil dude. Very cool. Uh, I like, I liked that character. I liked how they built him and I like the way that she deals with him. I mean, I think the fact that they, did you like that they, they put his head on a chicken or whatever? They put a goat's brain in his body. So he's like, they like own him now and he's like eating grass. No, I didn't like, you know what Mila? No, I didn't like that. No, I didn't either. No, that's okay. (laughs) I, I liked that that character gets his comeuppance, but I don't like, I mean, I just, I I was against all the surgery that occurred in this movie. (laughs) Again, you're just grossed out by the fact. Gross. Yeah. And, um, I, I think that I did like the steampunk world of it though. Like there were, there were some cool elements. They kind of, by doing steampunk, you are able to eliminate the concept of racism. Yeah. So like Rami Yusuf was a really good character. Uh, Gerard Carmichael was a good character. And then there's like a, I don't know her name, but a, a black woman at the end who like is like a pseudo lover of Emma Stone. Oh yeah. She's, she's another like uh prostitute yeah. uh, at the, the whorehouse in yeah. France. Yeah. So the world, there are elements of this world that I really like and are cool. But because it is all centered around Frankenstein and his monster, is a little gross. <laughs> a little gross for you. <laughs> That's a really funny reason to not like the movie. Um, I like that. I like your take on it. I I, uh, I had other problems with it, but overall, I think it's a good movie. I also think, what was I going to say about it? Um, what was I going to say? Uh Oh, well, <clears throat> despite the fact that I think it's it's overall has a good message, I just don't like sometimes how they get to the message where her character kind of has no flaws in the movie. She doesn't do anything wrong. 
which you kind of understand because every dude is like kind of fucking her over is the idea Mm -hmm. of the movie. They're trying to own her. They're trying to own her. So ultimately she is the hero and it's good that she wins at the end. Yeah. But she also, a lot of it's about like her relationships and you don't really get to see her making mistakes or noticing that what she did was a mistake. She's just like, I'm going to go on this cruise now. And then she's, you know, but it, and then the, the dude is the villain that she's dating, but she doesn't she didn't make it she made a choice to be with that person they clearly established that but then they don't give her a moment of being like oh like to grow as a person i kind of have to change how i view the world true because her brain is like developing at a very accelerated rate yeah she never learns from her mistakes she just gets smarter yeah via this uh weird surgery situation going on yeah yeah so there's no like self-reflection there's no accountability for that character right uh which would have for me i would have been nice to see those moments because then i'm a little bit more on her side Mm -hmm. when it gets to the end and she like makes her final whatever she makes her final victory or yeah you know but uh yeah uh, enjoyed it um enjoyed the world yeah and i think that's probably the the key factor to liking the movie maybe yeah i think that's right yeah even though i liked the world didn't like the movie didn't like the movie <clears throat> this is i felt a little bit bad because i was like look we're watching poor things yeah we're we're branching out this isn't a fast and furious movie i know this isn't about killing nazis and then I watch it and I'm like, this is, I'm going to have a good, smart take. And my take is that it's too gross. It's too gross. <laughs> <laughs> and the comedy is kind of bad sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The comedy doesn't save me at all. The comedy doesn't save me. Yeah. It's all right. Um, so that's, that's my take on four things. I give it, uh, I give it four Frankenstein bolts. <laughs> Out of 10 chicken heads. I give it a too gross for me, but give it a shot. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Two dislocated thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah. There were too many moments where I was like, oh. Yeah. I get it, man. All right. Should we talk about the news? Let's do it. Um, The main thing I wanted to talk about was that South Africa is leading um, an accusation. They're charging... Uh, Israel with genocide in the International Court of Justice. Yeah. Um, which is the UN's high court. The ICJ. The ICJ. Yeah. And uh, it's a bunch of judges on a panel mm-hmm. in the Netherlands <laughs> where international justice is served. Oh, yeah. And South Africa, you submit an application and then you show up and you do an oral uh, presentation. Right. And so they were... <clears throat> Basically saying, and a lot of other countries have have signed off on this. Um, all of the one, all essentially all of the Arabic countries, including Saudi Arabia, yes, which is big news because Saudi Arabia is our, our ally. Yes, and they're also uh, they're also against Yemen, I believe, right? Still, yeah, I think um, in all ways they are aligned with America. Yeah. Um, Except for this is a, a new development where they agree that this is a, an attempted genocide. Interesting. So the development of that, I, I don't know what will come of it, um, but, but we shall see. And the ruling won't happen for like years. Like the official ruling, whether this is a genocide or not, will take years. Yeah. Um, but... 
the court can issue an opinion and they can maybe demand a halt on the military activity in Gaza. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest, I guess, tangible outcome that could happen from this. But it is similar to every other UN news that's come out during uh, the genocide in Palestine where the UN's like, somebody's like, I'm saying something now. Yes. I demand an audience. And then everyone has to kind of pretend to be like, oh, he's demanding an audience. You know, <laughs> we will assemble a council. And it's like, yeah. okay, in three weeks we will assemble a council. And then, you know, and then the guy, somebody gets on stage and you're like, this is wrong. Yeah. He's saying it's wrong. Right. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It just feels very theatrical and, it often doesn't uh, result in any tangible change. And and we know before these things start that they can't result in tangible change because every news article that reports on it will be like, yeah, they can't uh, technically, it's not binding. It's always, it's never no. binding. If if I have one takeaway about the UN after these past three months is that they don't, they can't do anything. No. The symbolically, they uh, can say, they can say stuff. They can as, say stuff. As they, they can say stuff. That's one thing they can do. They can say a lot of things. They yeah. can maybe sway global opinion. Yeah, that's maybe true. Maybe if you're not tuned into this and then you hear that the UN uh, agrees their opinion is that this is an attempted genocide. Yeah. Then maybe you're like, oh, the UN, who I thought could do something, mm -hmm. is saying something. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like if you told me uh, somebody was like, Beyonce is not going to the Grammys. And I'd be like, what? She's not, what happened? Beyonce? She's a musician that is very respected, you know? And she's not going to the Grammys? It's very similar to that kind of idea. Um, Israel rejected a lot of all the accusations. They called it blood libel. Yeah. Which is a reference to... Uh, false accusations during the Middle Ages that Jewish people used the blood of Christians for religious rituals. It's a very old uh, term. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the concept of that is to go back through the past before the genesis, before the Holocaust even, and to say like, you know, Jew Jewish people have been discriminated against yes. uh, for, for centuries, basically. Yes. So if we bring up blood libel, then it shows that the world is against us still. Yes. After all these years. Going back 500 years is a good way to not go back for the past 75 years. Yeah, I know. Um, it's tough. Like, I don't like how... I'm, I'm probably not going to attack this in the correct way, but I don't like how, uh, especially the Israeli government, uses things like uh, the Holocaust and things like that to talk about why people are against them now because it also diminishes the um the sympathy and the if and the and you know the tragedy of that holocaust right that that real people had to go through right and to say like well people are still against us like they were in the holocaust and it's like you don't even understand like you yes. don't you're you're making people misunderstand the past even it, it's Israel. Instead of Israel acting as a government and a nation, yeah, they are saying we are the Jewish people. Yeah, and this is this is what has happened to the Jewish people. There are a lot of Jewish people that don't uh, agree with Zionism. Yeah, exactly. And so they're kind of using the religion to justify um, their actions when this is not a religious debate. Yeah, and I don't like how it uh, creates anti-Semitism as yeah. well. The the government is 
directly responsible for growing anti-Semitism, which is wrong. It shouldn't, you shouldn't be against uh, Jewish people as a whole, like as the people, you shouldn't be against them or as a race or whatever. Right. And I don't like how a government's actions can, is, is almost intentionally uh, creating this racism that they want. Yes. You know, they want discrimination against their own people. See, look at the racism <clears throat> against the Jewish people. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, some of it comes naturally. It's not because of Israel. Like, people are just anti-Semitic. I'm mm -hmm. sure there are people in Arab countries that just don't like Jews. I mean, of course there are, you mm -hmm. know. But the the when the government itself is creating that, uh, they want that separation. They want people to be fighting against each other. Right. Yeah. Um. So that's long and short of why they use things like blood libel, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of just wrote down some of the things that like count as a genocide from the article that you sent mm -hmm. me. Um, it's, uh, it's defined as acts committed um, with intent to destroy uh, in whole or in part a national, eth ethnical, racial, or religious group. And then acts of genocide against groups include killings, serious bodily harm, uh, mental harm, measures to prevent births, and then forcible transfer of children from one group to another. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think the idea with South Africa creating this like 83 page report is to show like, hey, these are the ways that you guys are actually doing that stuff. Right. Um, <clears throat> I haven't read the report. I don't think you have either. No. But I assume it's just taking evidence from like what the government officials have said and yeah. like, yeah, this is, I think, yes, they're highlighting what the Israeli government is saying just to highlight how this is not like fringe parts of the IDF. Like this is the mainstream message yeah. that is being passed down to the troops. And then they're also highlighting how the troops are filming themselves in Gaza saying these things. Yeah. So there is a direct through line of the communication and how people are acting in Gaza. Yeah. Um, I think that's one positive thing of things like this. You know, you can criticize all this UN stuff for being ineffectual, but like if you're putting together a formal, uh, argument with videos, with evidence mm -hmm. and stuff, that's do it now. Don't wait till, don't wait till more people are dying or wait tw 20 years later for somebody to make a documentary about right, it. Exactly. Start, start logging yes. this stuff that people And are so saying. it will take multiple years for this international yeah. court to come up with a, like a final statement on this, yeah. but they still could attempt to suspend the military action. Like they can come out with an opinion that might it might mean something. Yeah. So doing something is better than doing nothing. But, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you don't need to trust. There's no reason for like us as regular people to have any faith in politicians. Uh, mm -hmm. This is what they should be doing. This is their job. So uh, there's no reason to like applaud politicians for doing stuff like this. Um, and I think it's relevant that South Africa is the country making this claim. Yeah. Uh, because they experienced apartheid um, recently and... There's a quote from Nelson Mandela. We know too well that our freedom is incomplete without the freedom of the Palestinians. Okay. And so the apartheid of Palestine and South Africa have always been uh, connected. They've yeah. always recognized each other. Right. So for South Africa to now be the nation that leads the charge, I think is relevant. Yeah, it's meaningful for sure. Um, 
And then is the is the government that's saying it now? Are were they the ones that were responsible for the apartheid in South no, Africa? No. They're they're the new ones. They're yes. Okay. So yeah, that's why people are like, yeah. See, if they're saying it, then it must be bad. Right. It must be the real th- the real deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Um. <clears throat> so in response to this, there's been a lot of the. Do you want to talk about the Yemeni attacks? Yeah. Um. There were seventy three. UK and US bombs dropped. I guess that us and the UK and Israel are in cahoots to the point of like, we're not, these are all our bombs. Yeah. So 20 or yeah, 73 UK and US bombs were dropped uh, in Yemen um, in response to the Houthi army who attack uh, commercial ships in the Red Sea. Yeah. They've attacked... A number of them. I think they hijacked one for sure. Yeah, and uh, their their goal basically is to attack commercial shipping vessels in the Red Sea to stand beside Palestine. Basically, yeah. I think yeah. they're trying to attack Israel in any way they can, and they attempted to literally attack Israel, but the Iron Dome is too advanced for a militia yeah. to penetrate. Yeah, and so because they are strategically you know, on the Red Sea, they can attack commercial ships. Right. So that's what they're doing. Okay. And it's led to like over half of commercial ships instead of going through the Red Sea, going around Africa. Yeah. So they have to go way, the, mm-hmm. way around. I know through, Tesla yeah. is one of the companies that has supply chain issues because of this. I saw that too. Yeah. I had a uh, Tesla. There are a few other ones as well, but, um, there was some. There's been some like economic uh, effects on this. Like oil prices rose more than four mm-hmm. percent, just at the prospect of like there's going to be more conflict in the Middle East. Right. Uh, so it, the 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 cost is it's going to be eighty dollars a barrel for the first time since late December. Okay. Um, and listen, I don't know anything about oil prices, but I just want to say whenever I hear barrel, I don't know about you, but I picture an actual barrel from the old west okay am i the only one that does that i i picture a metal one you an do? oil drum okay a metal something that would be good for like a dumpster fire later on in its life i think that shows the clear difference in iq between <laughs> you and me <laughs> doesn't it when you just the fact that i think of wood and you think of metal <laughs> oh it's the same thing it's the same size no but yeah <laughs> i'm also picturing a cartoon you You're don't like, realize how do, where do they get all the wood from <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like, and I'm like, how does the oil stay in that wood? I mean, shouldn't it seep out? I don't, I don't even get how that works. I don't even get how they get, keep the wine in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, so, but we're bombing uh, Yemen now, partially be in support of Israel, but also partially it's like, hey, you're messing up commerce. Yeah. This is this is Tesla we're talking about here. This is Tesla we're talking about. <laughs> Um, so this is, uh, the, the Iran is part of the, uh, they have an axis of resistance that the Houthis are a part of. Yeah. They, uh, uh, fund the Houthi militias. Yeah. So they have groups in other than the Houthis in Lebanon, Iraq, Iran, or, sorry, Iraq, and then Yemen, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are saying it's kind of like a win-win for them, for Iran, because they don't want to be directly involved in the conflict, but they right. have all these like little proxy right. wars that they can wage against the U.S. Right. They're saying like, we uh, fund them and supply them and grant them life, but yeah. we're not responsible for oh, anything they do. Yeah. We're not, but we're not getting involved. We gave them all the rockets and told them about the commercial shipping lanes and <laughs> yeah. how they could target them, but like we... 
Didn't tell him to do that. We didn't tell him to do that. Yeah. <laughs> We're just trying to live in peace over here. Anyway. <laughs> Similar to how we give well, a bunch we of bombs the same to Israel and we're like, I can't, who told them to drop all those bombs? Who gave them that? <laughs> yeah, right. Who told them, hey, we, we told you guys to use half of those. <laughs> we told you guys to save some of those for later. <laughs> and then Israel's like, what? I thought we were going to use all <laughs> I thought we could use them. <laughs> um, so 73 bombs, um, I believe five deaths. Yeah. So in, in military deaths, it wasn't military deaths, yeah. five military deaths and six military injuries. Just as a reminder that if you want to use smart bombs and blow up stuff and not kill people, you kind of can. You can. Yeah, of course. But you can. If you want to use 2000 pounds of explosives and use dumb bombs, you can do that if that's your choice as well. That's yeah. what Israel does in it, Gaza. It's a good contrast, I think, to mm -hmm. show that if you actually don't want to kill civilians, you don't have to. Right. Um. And there's a difference between it shows a clear difference between uh, the war they like the war in Gaza, the war in Palestine versus what real war looks like. And it's yes. destroying air, military airports. It's destroying um, you know like military whatever camps and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's destroying infrastructure infrastructure of military equipment, right. not apartment complexes and human beings yes and it's it's interesting when, when you see stuff like this happen where you're like oh that, that's so black and white it's such a different it's just a stark difference between what bombs should be used for right if we're if they should be used at all you know right um volvo was the other volvo other than tesla is another company okay that has to go around south africa right so i think i saw the number 12 to 15 percent of all shipping goes through the red sea okay so i guess it would be asia to europe and the middle east okay it's like how you could get into the mediterranean without going all the way around without going all the, uh, all the way around africa yeah my my uh <laughs> my geography is super bad but i i get what you're saying yeah yeah i think my geography is improving on the red sea because of this war yeah um didn't know it had 15 percent of all commercial shipping. My geography is improving a lot too. I looked at a map today. I was like, "You're saying you're telling me Iran is next to Iraq? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Their names are so similar. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that get confusing over there? I'm just talking to my computer screen. It is um, interesting to think about how we went to war with Afghanistan and Iraq, and in between those two things is Iran. Yeah, and it's like, how did that not come up? How did that not come up? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we, what about those guys over there? <laughs> what about in the middle? Yeah, the what, country that has more economic power than all the other ones. Yeah, I, if I was the president, I would just be stupid and I would bomb the wrong country. I would be like, "It's Iran, <laughs> right?" And they're like, "No, it's a Q at the end, you idiot." <laughs> <laughs> I would just, you know. So yeah, uh, that's pretty much you know the extent of my knowledge about the Yemen attacks. Yeah, but that happened uh, yesterday for us. It's Friday. And I was eager to like read a lot of the news on this international trial. Um, all the news was about the the bombing in Yemen. Yeah, it's still also interestingly enough, like people still not reporting on people dying in Gaza and the West Bank, mm -hmm. which is happening. I mean, the that, new number we got right now is uh, twenty three thousand seven hundred and eight. Okay, and I saw that one hundred and fifty one people died because of a i think yesterday because of bombings mm -hmm. but that 150 number is all based off of the bodies that were brought to the hospital right 
So that's not the number. No, it's never the number. That's the number that they can accurately say, all right, they were brought to the hospital. Yeah, we we probably touched on this many times, but when they say missing bodies or like bodies inside, like under the rubble, that's a huge number. Like you can't discount the fact that that's thousands of people at Mm -hmm. this point. So you hear 23,000 or like just the fact that the number that they're counting is going up is terrible because you know what that means is that like, the number of people that are not found is also increasing. So Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah. There's the number is 60,000 wounded. Yeah. Once again, that is also the number of confirmed wounded people. Confirmed wounded. If you broke your arm and you're just somewhere and you can't be accounted for. Yeah. You're not on this, uh, you're not on this metric. Yeah, we don't got you on the list. And you're like, well, my arm's broken. And <laughs> I'm wounded. Like, yeah. Mm, you, you didn't go to the hospital. You didn't go to the hospital. <laughs> it's like my leg's broken. I can't. <laughs> it's come on, 60,001. Come on, I'm up here. You know? <laughs> they're like, sorry. Um, yeah, no. So it's, yeah, it's it's always going to be worse than like the number that they give up, that right. they give out. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> um, I got something. Okay. International Ice Hockey Federation. Yeah. They have banned Israel from uh, international competition. Damn. I think that's sad. Yeah. It is sad. I think Israel should be able to play hockey. You you think so? Yeah. Okay. Are we giving the benefit of the doubt to the Israeli hockey team? Yes. Okay. I think every international team should be able to compete. Yeah. That's my stance. Okay. If you want to represent your country, if you're top 30 hockey player in Israel, you should be able to get out on that ice. Okay. Play for it. Play for it. <laughs> play <laughs> just, for his piece. No, play. just, you know, why can't they play hockey? I don't know. Why can't the Russians do gymnastics at the Olympics? I don't know. Why can't I, we play basketball against North Korea? What's the problem? Yeah. I, you know what? I, I think I see what you mean. Everybody is, as a people, we should be able to compete in sports against yes. each other. That Why did governments get to decide what games I play? Right. <laughs> I should get to play. I can't play backgammon with a guy in uh, Libya, you know, somehow. Right. Because the government say it's not okay. Right. It's not fair. And even, what, it, what if the entire Israeli hockey team is uh, IDF warmongers? What if that's true? Why, that's can't, why can't we still play against them in hockey? We should still, we should still be able to crush them. <laughs> and <laughs> what if they lose really bad? That could be great, you know? It'd be beautiful. Yeah. Who doesn't want to beat North Korea in basketball by 100 points? Wouldn't that just demoralize? Like, the whole point is to demoralize the other countries. Yes. They say the, U- the Olympics is about coming together and competition, <laughs> but it's really just about... A symbolic just like pummeling of other of weaker countries and yeah. being like being like our javelin throwers are huge if you told me that the israeli hockey team wants to take a break yeah i would say i get it i wouldn't want to put on that israel jersey either right now mm-hmm. yeah but for the international hockey federation to ban them i don't like that okay so we're giving the benefit of the doubt to the israeli hockey player team basically yeah okay or we're saying uh Let's give the benefit of the doubt to competition. Yes. To international competition. To international sports. To international sports. Let all athletes compete. Let them compete. Okay. Well, I'm. you know what? 
there's a rule on this podcast where I'm not allowed to, we're not allowed to disagree with each other uh-huh. <laughs> when one of us brings in a very strong opinion. Okay. So I'm going to support you in that. Thank you. And if we both you, get you, canceled for that, I'm, I'll <laughs> go down with the ship. I go down with the ship. You That's know kind me. of you. All right. Yeah. Well, you're not going to disagree with me, but theoretically. Theoretically. If you were to play devil's advocate to uh, what I just said, yeah. what, would, what would you say? I would say, let's not let them, let's take a break on Israel for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I would say yeah. let the let uh, let's let's figure out other stuff before we let Israel's hockey right. team play some hockey. All right, you're looking at the hockey tournament on the schedule, and you're like, do we need Israel here? We don't need them right now, right? <laughs> you know, let's let's let them figure out their stuff. And All right, then, yeah. Well, I see your point, but okay, let them boys out on the ice. Let them out on the ice. Drop let the him, puck. Let, <laughs> Drop the puck. Let them skate. Let them skate. You just that's your that's your sign protesting. I'm gonna see you at City Hall and in, in, in downtown. LA. Out of all the protests that I could be doing right now, let them skate. Let them. I've got to let them skate I, going on. I want that to be the hashtag that you start to get going. And then now, because like I have to support you, I also have to like. Tweet, Perfect politics is doing out. a let them skate campaign. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You have to explain we, to everybody. Let's do a sketch. I think that's a good sketch where I have to support your let them skate. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just sitting here and I'm like, yeah, um, that's what we believe. We believe we should let them skate. Let them skate. I mean, it's going to be a nuanced protest for me. I'm like, yeah, it's a genocide. Yes. Of course yes. it's a genocide. Of course they're war crimes. Yes. Let them skate. But should that affect hockey? Is Netanyahu on the team? No? Yeah. No. Well, Putin's on the team, right? Putin, <laughs> Putin plays for the Russian team. I would like to see that. Maybe maybe, maybe Netanyahu does get to play, and I, I want to see him get fucked, like shoulder-checked on the ice. I want to see a fight. I want to see the gloves come off. Yeah. And, and, you know. That'd be so funny. Netanyahu and... Uh, um, What's his name? Who's the Russian guy? We just said his name. Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. They they go, they go gloves <laughs> off, you know. <laughs> Let's see who can fight while on skates. Um, I have a a possibly interesting article. Okay. I know that's not a confident way to bring this up. No, it's not the strongest start, but we'll see. But. It is according to the article I read. It was important. I just want to say first of all. One of the articles that you sent me today about uh, the International Court of Justice was from Apple News. Mm -hmm. And I don't usually use Apple News, but today I found most of my articles from there. Okay. And uh, I found a few headlines here that (laughs) were like so clickbaity that um, it made me realize like maybe I shouldn't be using Apple News. Sure. Because it's a little too enticing. Here here are some headlines I found. Uh, other than the important ones. It, one was titled, Why America Hates Its Children. This is front page, by the way. These are all front page. I didn't like delve into the deep end for this. Another front page headline. These are Costco scams that you need to know about ASAP. And that was one that I almost clicked on. Um, next one, 19 people who I'm pretty sure are the actual literal devil in disguise. And then the last one was um, stay-at-home girlfriends are having a moment. And I will say, I, if it was up to me, those would have been the four articles that we discussed today. But because I know that the show has to have journalistic integrity, like I didn't click on any of those. Yes. 
Instead, I clicked on an article that was about giant clusters of galaxies. Oh, boy. (laughs) Astronomers have found a new thing, apparently. Um, What they've discovered is that there's, like, giant clusters of galaxies that exist that are... (laughs) Sorry, I just feel bad telling you this article. I feel like you're not going to care. We'll see. Okay. Um, I'm hopeful. So basically there's giant clusters of galaxies that astronomers have found that are a huge pr- proportion of what we know about the the size of the universe. Okay. Their concept is when the big bang happened, all these particles get like blown off in different directions mm-hmm. and every when you look at the universe it should all kind of look the same basically. Okay. But what they're noticing is that there's these big clusters of okay. galaxies and they're like that's weird. Right, almost like a cosmic magnet. Yeah, that's too big for how the universe is. So mm-hmm. they're called these like arcs basically. The biggest one is called the Hercules Corona Borealis Great Wall. Um pretty catchy. Um it's one tenth the size of the visible universe, which is just like weird for astronomers based off the Big Bang theory. Right. It shouldn't be a cluster that we can see that, that's right. that big. So right. it kind of changes our understanding of maybe how big the universe is or like our concept of what the Big Bang was. Uh, maybe okay. there's a different order to it than like the randomness of things just exploding into equal parts everywhere. Yeah. Um, cause well, things never explode in equal parts when they get blown up on earth. No, they don't. <laughs> that's true. Like we if sh- we blew up a helmet, yeah, we would find a big piece somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's There would be a big piece somewhere. Um, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what the article is saying, but, but their concept is that every, th- there, there shouldn't be something this big mm-hmm. that's, that's around. Um, do they have any theories? Do you have any theories? Yeah, I guess we should, I don't care about their theories, right? What do I think? <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I, I believe, listen, I think they're finding stuff. I think astronomers are doing good work out there and I trust that they're using the scientific method, uh, to make their opinions about this stuff. But I'm like, I don't know. The universe is pretty big, man. I feel like there's a lot of stuff we don't know. You know, I'm glad that you guys have a measurement of how big you think the universe is, but I think it's bigger than what you guys think. Yeah, I always understood it to be infinite. Infinite and that it's always or that it's always expanding. Right, it's always expanding. um, But uh, I don't know. They they say, also they say the universe has only been around for 14 billion years and it would take a really long time for clusters this big to form. So it changes our concept of how old the universe is as well. Um, Listen, I'll be, this is my armchair astronomer. This is the segment called Armchair Astronomer. Okay. They don't, astronomers, they don't know anything. They're just guessing. (laughs) (laughs) They're just guessing, man. They're just doing their best, you know? When you're in a scientific field and the only people who can validate what you're saying are your peers. Yeah. You can make stuff up. You can make stuff up. Yeah. I got this million dollar telescope. No one's allowed to look in it but me. That's true. That's there's a line of there's a line of people like he's like, hey, can I uh, next to the Hubble telescope? They're like, hey, can I can I take a look? And they're like, no, when I'm finished. <laughs> it's like, when are you going to be finished? When I'm 90. <laughs> and then you can look and you can see what I see. And then finally, people kind of look in. They're like, what's that? And they're just like, everyone's dead. That knew what it was. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's a that's a quasar or something you know you're like okay um but i don't want to be anti-science i feel like the Mm. the point of perfect politics is for me to become a smarter person yeah so you know i just i believe what they're saying is true i think that they're just you know they're having a different understanding of what the universe is Mm -hmm. but um what they think is maybe it's older 
maybe it's older and maybe the universe is bigger than we thought. All right. It's older and bigger. I'll allow it. Yeah. Much like, uh, much like my third grade teacher, a lot older and bigger than I thought she was. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's cut that out. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Well, one, one thing also about the, the oil barrels, I went really deep into the oil barrels. Okay. Uh, a barrel of oil is 42 gallons. Okay. Just so you, just so people know in yeah. the future when you hear that. Never knew. 42 gallons. Um, well, see you next week. See you next week. Thanks. Thank you.